What is up? Good morning. Welcome to episode number two. A little bit more energy going today. A little bit less nervous. A little bit more comfortable doing this. What is up? My name is Jake Rudd. I am your host. This is the Just Shells Today podcast, episode number two. And um, this one's a little bit um, of a slower start, I would say. Um, We'll just get right into it. Sad news out of the football world. Vincent Jackson, former receiver of the San Diego Chargers, USF Bulls, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, found dead in his hospital, or excuse me, hotel room at 38 years old. Um, it's awful. It's terrible news. He seemed like a wonderful person. Um, but yeah, we were drawing back on it last night, my brother and I. We were looking at um, old stats, him and Malcolm Floyd and Chris Chambers and uh, LT and Darren Sproles and those great San Diego Charger teams. And then obviously what he did with Tampa when they started just lighting up the scoreboard left and right when he came down here and finished out his career. It's terrible. It's, it's nothing you ever want to hear. You feel terrible for all the close ones and loved ones around him. Thoughts and prayers, but... Uh, We'll keep it on moving forward from there. So, um, in other more uh, exciting news for my university, UCF, we found our next man in charge. Uh, so, coming off the heels of our Terry Majar uh, AD hiring, Mr. Majar go out, goes out, <laughs> excuse me, Mr. Majar went out and scooped up a predominantly well-known head coach for Mr. Gus Malzahn. So it's all aboard the Gus bus over here at UCF, 2021-22. I mean, at first you think, okay, I'm not too excited. Eight, eight seasons over at Auburn, 600 win percentage, just above that. Um, Five-year deal here at UCF. How long does he last? It's a step in stone. We've seen this in the past, obviously. But Josh Heupel bouncing out to Tennessee. Um, Scott going to, excuse me, Scott Frost going to Nebraska. So what's Gus's scheme here? You know, we have trust issues at this point. But um, it seemed like a really good contract. Big pool for his assistance. I'm going to be interested to see who Gus brings in. Um, I think a personal vendetta this year. <laughs> I mean, not a vendetta, but... Um, Danny White took Josh Heupel with him over to Tennessee, but did not bother to give any love to Mr. Randy Shannon, our D coordinator. And I know people, all my UCF fans out there, fire Shannon, fire Shannon, defense sucks. Okay, well, I mean, one, I can make up excuses for him all day. Like, when your defense goes three and out in the span of 20 seconds, or excuse me, when your offense goes three and out in the span of 20 seconds, it doesn't move the ball but five yards. And... The other team knows exactly how powerful that offense is. Their offense is going to come out and try and milk as much clock as possible, make it a longer game. And the way ben, Mr. Shannon decides to play defense, it seems like they make adjustments for the second half, and they try to survive. Not survive, but outlast what they were doing in the first half if it's been affected. So um, it can be a slow death at times with him. So... I'd be interested to see how him and um, Mr. Malzahn pair together down here in Orlando this year. Um, Good roster. We were very, very young last year, obviously, with everything going on in the pandemic. Um, We're finally off of our Auburn 2017 roster. I mean, Milton transferred over to Florida State. 
And um, so the last remnants of that roster is gone, and now it's totally a new rebuild um, with Gabriel obviously leading the way, some really talented receivers, very young defense like Shannon said. I think Ole gets better, and um, it's only up for here. I mean, we have Boise State this year, and I'm excited about the Gus bus, man. I can just close my eyes, picture that offense, and I can see it churning. I can see it humming. I can see them going. So, um, yeah, I think he, I mean, I was, I hate to give props to my brother again here, but <laughs> we were talking about it last night, and um, he was explaining that uh, you can see him slowing the offense down just a little bit. I mean, obviously, we don't want to go halt and try and run a slow pace, slow tempo, but um, this breakneck speed we run at sometimes can shoot ourselves in our own foot, and it was one one speed, one speed only. We were only up in 11th gear every time last year, so um, hopefully Gus has a little bit more pace to him and a little bit less of it's just I need to hit a home run every time, run a curl, go route. And obviously <laughs> I'm already starting to hate on Josh Heifel train. I appreciate what he did, but um, other than that 2019 season when he first took over and we went and bounced out of the um, – Lost Milton late in the season, ended up in the um, Fiesta Bowl, losing to Joe Burrow and LSU by a touchdown. Um, I didn't really enjoy his time here. I mean, two big losses to Tulsa in the middle of the season really really showed his true colors as a leader. Um, a lot of the players, a lot of the staff didn't seem to just gravitate towards him like they did Scott. And I understand Frost was, you know, our little white knight shining armor when he showed up after O'Leary, so... It would have been tough to replicate for anybody. He was running into a tough situation, but even after last year, we were having to make up excuses for ourselves to psych ourselves up for this year. You know, maybe, okay, this is the year. Like, you never want to have to do that. So, as bad as, um, as bad as it sucks to lose your AD and head coach all in the span of, you know, a couple weeks, or excuse me, you know, whatever it was, two, three weeks ago, a month ago, maybe, month plus, I don't know. Um, that's a disappointing, but addition by subtraction is totally a thing. So I'm hoping Mr. Moger and Mr. Malzahn, double M's over there, get it, get it together. We get a ball rolling. I think uh, Gus is going to recruit really well. I mean, I don't think he's going to be afraid to walk into a room, put his hand on the table, and be like, hey, I'm Gus Malzahn, former Auburn head coach, former national champion. Um, you know, Bo Nix, you know the name still playing over at Auburn as quarterback. That's mine. I mean, he's not going to claim it all, and I'm sure Auburn fans could snap at me real quick about that kind of stuff because they've sat there and watched 7-5 and five after 7-5 and five after unfulfilled potential. But at a godly school like Auburn, I don't know how much uh, expectation filling you can do for how long. So, And I know <laughs> some West 2 reporter over here in Orlando had the audacity to ask uh, – Gus Malzahn during his interview if he was ready for the pressure cooker over here in Orlando. Um, like, even um, prefacing that uh, I know you're coming from a bigger area in Auburn, but do you have any idea what you're getting yourself into down here? And in a way, he's right. I mean, we are a rabid fan base, but in another way, it's nothing compared to what the SEC fans are. And um, I mean, there's a comparison there. We give 100% a big shit about our team, so... Um, we care deeply, but at the same time, we're not we're not inbred South fans. No offense, Auburn. Um, I think SEC fans know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we won't go and call for your head or anything like that. I mean, we may ask you to be fired midway through the season, but there won't be no death threats, hopefully. At least I can respectfully say it won't be coming out of my end. So, um, Well, that was a microphone fall down there. But hey, we keep it rolling here on the Just Shells podcast. So that was Malzahn, new UCF head coach. Very excited about that. Not much else in the college football world going on there. Um Last night, watched uh, Florida State take on uh, Virginia in what seemed to be the only college basketball game yesterday. Um, Florida State has a guard, a freshman guard, and I don't, I don't want to butcher his name, so give me just a moment here. But freshman guard who can really dunk it, really take it off the dribble. Yeah, Bucky Brooks. Um, no, that's not it. <laughs> Hold on one second. Um... NCAA men's. Okay. Um, yeah, Florida State point guard, not point guard. Very talented team. Um, Scotty Barnes. That is what I was going for. Scotty Barnes. Scotty's a guard. He's probably, uh, I don't know, 6'4", 6'3", maybe bigger. Um, oh, excuse me, 6'9", out of West Palm, Florida. Went to Montford, playing for Florida State right now, and that kid is a killer. I mean, a 6'9", there you go, obviously, place guard. I mean, right in there. But, I mean, future ten, top 10 pick in the NBA draft next year. Um, IMG, or not, excuse me, Mom Verde Academy down here in Florida. And, um, yeah, they gave Virginia the business yesterday. I mean, out the gates, they were up 20 when it was probably uh, 33-13 at one point pretty early in the first uh First half. I mean, Virginia's still top of the ACC right now, technically because of standing. So they're eleven and two. They played more ACC competition than Florida State has. Florida State eight and two in the conference, um, twelve and three overall. Uh, Virginia fifteen and four overall. I mean, I fully expect Florida State to be the f- winner of this uh, conference. I mean, they're the most ath- most athletic. They put it on display last night playing against the Virginia team that is king of fundamental, king of I'll make you make your own mistakes. Well, if you come out and attack that, then they don't do any adjustments to, they don't have a second gear they can kick into. It seemed like Virginia's one pace, one, pace, one speed, always, uh, always going kind of thing, but never really uh, pressing you. So I think Virginia has obvious flaws, but a team like that's, clearly dangerous during tournament time because of the continuity and how they can run the system like the back of their hand. So I think they're a big threat, but if Florida State rolls like that, like they did today, they're a top four team in the nation. I mean, Scotty Brooks, or excuse me, Scotty Barnes, let's get that right again. He is obviously a top 10 pick. Um, he's coming in at 6'9", playing guard, 21 point win against Virginia, never a ball game. They seemed more athletic. They seemed more determined last night, but also they seemed like a better team just in general. I mean, physically, um, yeah, not much else to say there. I mean, they, they seem to be the top dog this year in the ACC, and Florida State's clearly cementing themselves as a, a real, real basketball school here now. I mean, they, know they play in the competitive ACC, but this is probably the last five years they've been a ranked opponent, or a ranked competition, if not longer in a uh, regular season ball play. So um, I would like to see them make a deep run this year, considering I'm not sure how this tournament's going to play out and everything. Um, they would be a really fun team to see to go to the Final Four. Um, 
but yeah, that seemed to be about all that was covered in college basketball last night. Um, just another little side tidbit. UCF did beat them in basketball this year. Um, we are also terrible in basketball this year. It was very early in the season when we got them. So one of their three losses, you can chalk it up to my university. Um, but yeah, we'll just keep it moving after that. <laughs> um, uh, NBA last night. So I watched um, watched a good amount of, actually I watched the whole thing of the uh, Clippers and the Heat last night over in LA. Um, Jimmy Butler back on the Heat um, for his last eight games. They're five and three in the span since he's been back. Um, Clippers, man. First time I've watched them this year. And very, very uh, talented team. Last night, Kawhi, Paul George, Nicholas Batum, that's who I was thinking of, and one more, oh, Pat Beverly, all sitting, all resting. Now, I mean, I'm sure personal injuries are a part of that, and I don't, you know, call anybody out for that kind of thing, but four of their starters resting. So, of course, you're thinking, all right, Jimmy Butler, five and three in the last eight, heading out west, nationally televised. I mean, not nationally televised, NBA TV game, but definitely the only important real game going on that night. Um, me thinking that he's going to come out and put on a little show, you know, start their dominance early. Clippers were just lights out ball movement all night, and they took the win, man. I mean, you didn't see it coming because of obviously, you know, no Kawhi, no Paul George. That should be enough in itself. But then on top of that, you got Nicholas Batum out, you got Pat Beverly out, and um, so you've got a combo of Reggie Jackson running point um, with a bum shoulder, it seemed like last night. Oddly enough, he was able to fight through it, played a good 24 minutes, but only had six points. Serge Ibaka's out there, so that's a solid ball player, but he only got 20 minutes out of that game last night. You know, he had nine rebounds, seven points. Marcus Morris Sr., oh, game of his life. Game of his life, dropped 32 points. I mean, he was lights out last night. Um, 32 points, three boards, couple assists. Him and another player that you probably haven't heard of, Amir Coffey, former G League player, had 15 off the bench in a good 30-minute span. I mean, I'm not going to just scoff past Lou Wills, 18 and 10, leading the roster down the field. I mean, down the field. <laughs> leading this team up and down the court. Um, you know, Mr. Automatic, I'll go get you a bucket whenever you need it. Um, Ivica Subac, their big man, 22 and 8 uh, boards. Um Luke Kennard left, leaves more to be um, wanted. 10 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. But a win's a win. And that's what, exactly what the Clippers did last night. Um, he just never really looked like they had a real chance. Um, wasn't anything that they didn't necessarily play some bad defense. Um, Jimmy had 30 and 10. Jimmy had a, geez, quietly Jimmy Butler and the loss had a 30-10-10 triple-double. Uh, 38 minutes played, which is ridiculous, obviously, in a loss. But um, Bam Adebayo, 27-12-7. And uh, Ty Hero had another 27-point game tonight. But it looks like they're missing a third scorer right now um, between Bam, Jimmy. And uh, Tyler Hero is a good little uh, microwave off the bench. But he, I don't know how much of a starter he is because defensive liability. Um, but, yeah, the Heat getting beat last night was a surprise. Um Clippers shot 55% from the field. 
This is where it did it. They were 15 of 32 from three. I mean, you shoot 46.9% from the three-point line, you're going to win in that volume. You're going to win a lot of games, especially when the other team's shooting 22% from there. So, um, big win by the Clippers last night. Um, what else went on in the association? Um, Nets, the old Brooklyn Nets went out west to Sacramento and I played a tight ball game for a while, and the Nets like to do this against below 500 teams, um, keep it close, play a little bit down to their competition. But um, they were able to get the win, 136 to 125. Now they're 17 and 12 on the season. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody really watched this. Kyrie dropped 40, so there's that. Um, that's pretty ridiculous that he's capable of that at any moment. You know, he came out with this comment about being a shooting guard yesterday or the day before, and everyone wants to be like, oh, Mr. Kyrie, that, this and that. He's so woke. He's so, uh, he's so, Mr. Um, always taking credit for this and that. And maybe that's just Skip Bayless poisoning my brain for always putting negative spin on stuff and Shannon and whatever. But, um, he really is the shooting guard for this roster. I mean, 40 and 3 and 4 is the shooting guard numbers, if I've ever seen it. And their point guard, James Harden, had 29, 14, and 13. So, <laughs> triple-double out of your point guard, 29 points. I think you're going to win a lot of games doing that. Um, no KD. He had some soreness. Um, I think he's dealing with a hamstring. I may be wrong on that, but um, nothing serious. No AD-type scenario. Um but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, no Kevin Durant last night, but they're still able to get an 11-point win. Joe Harris had 10 points. Up, um, Jeff Green, 13. DeAndre Jordan, 10, 8, and 4. Landry Shaman had to go 13. But yeah, obviously, this was the James Harden-Kyrie Irving show with a triple-double out of James and Kyrie dropping a 40-burger. Um, Kings, you feel, you feel for the Kings. They're young. They've got a good, fun roster, but... You just don't know about leadership and how the victories are going to come out of a team like that. Um, De'Aaron Fox had a good 19-8-8-3. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley. 19-point um, game. Seven rebounds. 21 out of Buddy Heald. I mean, solid, but nothing that jumps out at you. A good 20... 26 and 16, this is no, nothing to scoff at from Mr. Hassan Whiteside. 16 boards is, feels like he does that in his sleep every game, but I mean, 24 minutes getting 16 boards, 26 points. I feel like he should be out on the court a little bit more. Run a little combo with him and Bagley. I know there's not a lot of ball um, dribbling out of that, but when you got likes of guards like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heels, you can go ahead and do that. I mean, Heels a four, but shooter and dribbler there so i would like to see them do that a little bit more but um yeah another win by the nets and that seemed to be rolling at the right time i think they got the lakers coming up on thursday this week um speaking of the lakers mr davis um is injured and tendinosis they kept saying tendinitis tendinosis tendinitis tendinosis i'm not sure the difference obviously i'm not a freaking doctor I sit here in my chair and see this shit from the sidelines, so don't quote me on it. But um, when you have to specify an injury like that from tendonitis to tendinosis, and it's not of a CNI kind of injury, and doctors are saying you're okay, um, those are more scary because your body's not reacting correctly, I feel like. 
So you're a little bit more nervous and cautious, especially when it's non-contact. Because when he got the injury, it was against the Nuggets um, Sunday night. And something he had aggravated previously re-aggravates it in the game by just taking a little side jab step to the left and trying to push off past Jokic. And obviously non-contact, but... So we'll see. I mean, he's going to obviously... Um, All-Star break comes up here and... Um, the All-Star break is March 5th, I want to say. So we're about a, a half a month away from that. And um, I don't see him coming back into any regular season games before the um, that goes down. So I think we'll see AD post All-Star break. The Lakers will cruise a little bit here with LeBron running the helm, um, get more minutes for their younger guys, Taylor uh, Horton Jr., those kind of guys. Um I mean, it's a tight, tight West race right now between them, Clippers, and Utah. But with the way the bubble, I mean, not the bubble, but the way the postseason's shaping up to be, how big of a difference is the home court advantage going to make with how everything's playing out with the fans? So, I mean, if we're the Lakers, you definitely don't, you definitely don't rush him back because there's no real title shot, title defense shot if he's not in that picture. So I think you take your time, let him sit through the all-star break, let him get rested up, healed up, and let him come back after the all-star break, fire on all cylinders, ready for that playoff push. But um, yeah, let's see what else. Just a couple other scores we can go over. I mean, the Bradley Beal did it to his ex-teammate John Wall last night. Um, Bradley Beal, man, I don't want to say specimen because it sounds wrong, but dude, like... Dude is a savage. Dude is just pushing through all the bullshit over there in Washington day after day. Um, I mean, obviously, he has a great faith system, so he's been able to stick through it. And I know he's a millionaire on millions of, you know, so you take it with a grain of salt, all that crap. But, dude, he is in the most dysfunctional situation, 8-17 and 17 with Washington. And Houston shows up to town, 11-15, and 15, pretty even through the first half. And... Um, yeah, um, Bradley Beal just goes bananas once again, 37-8-3. Um, Russ obviously wanted to get a little bit of, not revenge, but, you know, show him that he still got it. Gave him a good triple-double, 16-15-13. I mean, it's 37. This is, you get a triple-double out of your point guard and the shooting guard drops him close to a 40-burger, you're going to win a lot of games, just like the Nets did against the Kings here. This is the same scenario against the Rockets. The Rockets... Playing um, playing good defense this year, apparently, but not tonight um, or last night. Uh, John Wall, 29-11. Nice double-double from him. Obviously, didn't get the win in his return back to Washington, but it was good to see him do well. Um, it's good to see DeMarcus Cousins getting 12 points and seven boards in 20 minutes. I mean, you know, he's not a sad story, but, you know, what could have been with him with the Achilles getting injured and all that, so... I'm glad to see him at least getting, you know, play out here for Washington, um, excuse me, Houston. But um, that was that game. So Washington took down the Rockets, Bulls and Pacers in the snore of the East. <laughs> um, that went to overtime, and Chicago took out the win on that one. So Chicago moves to 11-15, and 15 and Indiana falls to 500 at 14-14, 14 and 14, uh, 120 to 112 in overtime. Um Looks like uh, 30 and 9 out of Mr. Levine. Three assists, which is, once again, great game for him. And a 
close to a baby uh, triple-double. I mean, it's not anywhere. I mean, you're out by three rebounds and two assists. But Kobe White proven to be a really good guard for that team, 19-8-7. Uh, um, yeah, he's been a solid ball player for them, obviously. He's a little bit of a running mate right now with Zach Levine on that roster. They're winning a couple ball games, 11-15. is a lot better than what you would expect this Bulls team to be at with the way their roster's put together right now. And they'll Lori Malkinen. Um, but... Yeah, big win out of here, out of Chicago, Indiana. Pretty bad loss for them. They're Mr. Consistency out here with the president, Mr. Brogdon. So, I mean, he had a great game. Twelve, uh, Not a great game because of a loss, but 23-15-5. Um, I don't know if that's a miss hit. No, that doesn't look like a miss hit. TJ McConnell's their starting guard right now, and he got 42 minutes, put up 19-4-3. Not bad numbers. I don't know if I want to give TJ McConnell 42 minutes. More of a defensive specialist, more of a pester guy. 19 points is always gravy, but, you know, you probably could have got a little bit more offense somewhere else, but it is what it is there. 11 points out of Miles Turner, six rebounds, two assists, and 36 minutes. Pretty awful. Um, he needs to be up in the 20s and 10. Uh, so, especially in that amount of time. I know he's a great blocker and defender, and he holds that paint down, but. And you would like to see a little bit more of offensive production and more boards there. Uh, Sabonis, <laughs> him and Brogdon are pretty consistent at the at the guard and the forward spots there. Uh, Sabonis had 25, 10, and 5. Um, yeah, so some decent stats out of the Pacer players, but not good enough to get the win there. So they follow the Bulls, 120 and 112. Um, Hawks. Hawks fall the Knicks in a game of what is surprisingly two teams in the playoff hunt in the East. Um, 123-112, New York. Uh, let's see who did anything for them. <sighs> Excuse me, Julius Randle, Mr. 44-9-5. 44 points out of Julius Randle, man. That just shows that the Atlanta Hawks defense not doing much in that paint because I'm sure he got a lot of those buckets down low. Um, RJ Barrett had a good 21 point game, um, 16 out of Quigley off the bench, which is just proving again, it's a joke. I mean, it's not a joke, but NBA draft, here you go. 22 minutes out of Emmanuel Quigley, 17th overall pick out of, I could be wrong on that. Um, it could have been a different number pick, but, uh, let's see real quick. Way further down, 25th overall pick in the first round draft pick. Um, behind Obi Toppin, who was the eighth overall pick in the same draft by the same team. Obi Toppin's getting 11 minutes and three points and two boards. Meanwhile, quickly he's getting 22 minutes, 16 points, two boards, five assists. So just goes to show you the imperfect science that a draft is. And, um, that if you just give certain guys a shot, you know, if quickly was a bucket in college at Kentucky. So just cause he's got a slender frame doesn't mean he can't play in today's NBA and put a little weight on him and get after it. So, um, that's impressive to see by him. I mean, obviously you want Opie top it and start picking it up, but, um, once again, he's a rookie. So what's the rush here? Um, Derek Rose is getting 24 minutes, only eight points, three assists and three boards, but getting some solid minutes there, splitting it with Alfred Payton. Um, Let's see what the Hawks did. Hawks do anything here. Cam Brandish got a good 36 minutes, 16 points, six boards, two assists. Not bad. 
Collins with 19 points. You would hope more than four boards in 30 minutes. It needs to be a little bit higher for him, but it's not possible when Clint Capella has 18 boards, so he's probably just eating everything on the glass. Um, 15 points out of this Clint. Only 23 out of Trey Young. Um, you say only. It's a good 20 points, but... Uh, yeah, that's probably where they fell short here. Trey had 40 minutes, 23 points, 8 assists. Um, let's see. I mean, Gallinari coming off the bench at 16 points is not bad. You would think he'd have a better um, impact on offense. I mean, I'm sure 16 points is helpful, but you'd like to see him in the 20s and Trey's in the 30s. Um, I like to look at turnovers with the Hawks. They lost this turnover battle 11-8. Trey's sporadic with the ball sometimes he's very fun to watch very exciting but you can't make bad plays here and there it's the nba you know everybody can play defense a lot of the guys out there can so you like to see that ratio there not terrible here for the hawks but they still fell to the knicks so that was that game um i won't really talk about the Cavs and the warriors Cavs kind of on a one-way train to trying to get back in the lottery um Sexton's not bad. Garland seems to be picking it up. Um, Alcora seems to be like he can't really score because he got 26 minutes, two points, three point assists, four boards. But, um, yeah, I won't waste my time on them too much. Steph, Steph once again, stepped it. He had 36 points, six assists. And, um, yeah, I mean, they got help from a lot of places here. This is what they're going to have to do. They got 14 points from Pascal. Um 14 out of Ubre. Draymond got 6 16 assists. Draymond's got to have double digits assists for this team to win games. I mean, that's if he's only putting up six points, eight boards, he needs to have 16 assists. Not 16 specifically, but double digits is always going to help. And uh, Wiggins getting 15 points is consistent and nice. So, Warriors is fitting at above 500 at 15 and 13. I know it was the lowly Cavs, but impressive nonetheless the way the team's been playing. Um, yeah, I won't spend too much time there. And then the battle of the number ones, uh, Philly. Philly went out west without Joel Embiid, unfortunately, and headed out to Utah and ran into the buzzsaw that is the Utah Jazz right now. Uh, they dropped that game 134 to 123. Utah jumps up or stays up in first. Um, Philly's hanging around, floating a game in front of, uh, it seems like, I want to say they're a game in front of. They're a game and a half in front of Milwaukee and Brooklyn right now. So, Philly's still holding on to that first place spot, even without him beating losing last night. Um, yeah, not much to talk about in the game, I guess. Um, Tobias Harris had a good 36-10 and 10 rebounds. Um, ben Simmons, 42-9 and 9 rebounds and 12 assists, almost a sick triple-double. Dwight got you 14-12 and 12, um, off the bench, but... Yeah, obviously your MVP candidate Joel Embiid not being there is a huge factor. You can't really, can't really expect this team to go far and do anything much without him. Uh, yeah, he um, he sat out last night. I don't know. I think it was a soreness or something. It didn't seem serious. Once again, kind of a rest thing, kind of precautionary for the the, the team themselves. And um, but yeah, they took it on to the Utah Jazz and the Utah Jazz man. They just said screw it. Jordan Clarkson, you want to drop forty tonight? Go ahead. So that's what he did. Jordan Clarkson, 40. One, one, one assist in 30 minutes. So that's pretty damn impressive by him. Obviously, he was cooking last night. Um, Mr. Jingles, Joe Ingles, 25-3. and three. Um, He got another 20-burger, man. Joe's just 
just casually just putting up 20 burgers. Um, Donovan Mitchell doing what he does, 24, 5, and 3. Rudy Gobert getting you 11, 9, and 2. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 11, and 5. Royce O'Neal, 11, 8, and 3. I mean, they're just consistent. They're consistent. They're solid. I mean, you see all the highlights they put on ESPN. There's just ball movement around the, I mean, around the, around the world kind of thing. Um, no real point guard. I mean, I guess you could call Donovan Mitchell a point guard, but him and Ingles are more of hybrid guards where they can play both at two and one, either or. Um, so, yeah, they're still up first in the West, taking care of business. Um, let's see where, how many games they got right now. They're good. Uh, two games up on the Lakers after the Lakers dropped on Sunday, and they took one back here. Uh, Clippers jump into a game, two game, two and a half games back of that. Um, so... Still within striking distance, both teams out in L.A. You're going to have to hold on tight if you're Utah here. But, I mean, they're doing everything right right now on an eight-game win streak. So that is your Jazz. That is your NBA. I'm going to cut it here. This is about all I got for today. Um, UCF hiring was huge. Very pumped about Gus Gus bus time. Um, You know, going to be a new era, a new day, but nothing we haven't seen before down there. Um, terribly sad news out of Vincent Jackson's story. Um, wish, you know, thoughts and prayers to his people. Um, Florida State looks like a primed and ready NCAA tournament threat. And the NBA is on and cooking again. And I'm pretty sure the Lightning lost last night. I won't bog you down in hockey talk, but they got, I think it was 6-4 to four to the Panthers. We played them probably four times in a row now, which is just getting ridiculous with these back-to-back-to-backs with teams. But got to do what you got to do in this scenario. So that's episode number two of Just Shells today. Thanks for listening.